0: Today, we continue in our new series on Acts, considering the ways that the church was born and came alive under some really unusual and oppressive circumstances. Our passage for today comes immediately after the Pentecost, which is a story in scripture where uh, tongues of fire descended on the disciples who at that point in time became apostles where the Holy Spirit filled them and they were talking in all of these different languages and people didn't know quite what to make of it. It's interesting because even though our passage for today comes after the story of Pentecost, we're not going to be talking about Pentecost until the end of May. So we're sort of starting at the end and ending at the beginning. With all that said, I'm inviting you to join me in reading our passage for today, Acts 2 verses 14 through 24 and verse 37. Let us all listen together for the word of the Lord. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law, but God raised him up having freed him from death because it was impossible for him to be held in death's power. Now, when they heard this, the people were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? If you will, please pray with me. God, it is your face that we seek. It is your heart that we long to know. If we are in your truth, Lord, then keep us there. And if we are not in your truth, Lord, then put us there. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I know right now, my friends, is that things aren't normal. And it's making everybody nervous. Of course, I'm talking about Pentecost. It started with a few people talking gibberish, saying things that no one thought they understood until they did understand it. Turns out They just had to slow down and listen. Because when they listened, they started to hear words that were more familiar to them than the words that they spoke to each other every single day. Words that echoed the sighs of their grandfathers and reverberated with the laughter of their grandmothers. Words that reminded them of their mother's touch, and that drew them back into their father's instruction. On that day, when the Holy Spirit came, what they were hearing was so far from normal, and yet it felt so much like home. No one could make sense of what was happening. And so they went to the obvious explanation. It was five o'clock somewhere, and clearly these guys were putting the happy back in the happy hour. Everyone watching what was happening with the disciples speaking in tongues could see it for themselves. Clearly, these people were drunk. But I think that it's important for us to look at this in another way, The crowd knew that what was happening wasn't normal. But keeping the feeling that everything was normal was really important to them. So the only way that they could make this peculiar happening appear normal was by insisting that nothing unusual was really happening. It was just a few guys who had gone rogue. Nothing had changed It wasn't even a full dozen of men who were behaving strangely. And even those men were going to go back to normal once they sobered up. But you and I both know it is an open insult to your dignity when you are suddenly accused of being drunk while you are acting sober. And Peter was never really one for allowing himself to be insulted without without offering a good retort back. The people around he and his friends might have wanted to keep their perception that nothing unusual was going on, but Peter wasn't going to be made strange in order for the crowd to keep the feeling of business as usual intact. Because What was happening to the disciples really wasn't normal. The scripture says, but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, these people aren't drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. This isn't normal. This is God. This isn't normal, Peter says. This is God. Remember the prophet Joel? Remember when he said that sons and daughters prophesying and young men seeing visions and old men dreaming dreams would be the normal? That is exactly what's happening. You remember Jesus, the carpenter who healed people, who ate and drank at every meal like it was his last meal, who died on the cross? God raised that man up and freed him from death because it was impossible for that Jesus to be held in death's power. We already know this, my friends. That is why this is happening. And now it's time for you, men of Judea, to be certain. Because God has made Jesus both Lord and Messiah. This Jesus whom you have crucified. So to put in other words, all that Peter is saying here is, friends, there is a new normal. It's funny sort of, this speech here that's given by Peter. It's often referred to as Peter's first sermon. But it's not like Peter really set out to preach that day. The first time, first time that I heard this story, I was in college. I remember sitting in this large tent at a retreat, wearing my sorority letters with all of my friends Listening to a man named Hans Peter Royer, he talked about how Peter wasn't preaching a sermon here. Peter was just defending himself against the accusation that he and his friends were drunk, which was something a lot of college kids could sympathize with. And as a result of his making that defense, 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus Christ in just one day. Peter wasn't setting out to convert anyone when he gave this sermon. He was just being him. He was just being honest with what he knew to be true that God was moving and that they shouldn't downplay God's movement as normal. And as a result of his authenticity, As a result of his plain and measured response to tell the truth as he knew it to be, the church grew by 3,000 that day just because Peter wanted them all to know that he wasn't drunk. I would like for us to imagine if Peter had just walked away If Peter had just said to those people questioning him, watching him, accusing him, if he had replied with something like, yeah, guys, I know this is all sort of strange. I get it. You don't fully understand it. That's okay. You're not there yet. We'll just, you know, get out of your hair. We'll just move along. I imagine what the outcome would have been if that had been how Peter had replied, if Peter had been so eager to preserve their feeling of normalcy, if Peter had been so eager to keep them from feeling uncomfortable. If Peter had joined the crowd in wanting to keep the copacetic of normal undisturbed, what do you think would have happened? I can tell you honestly, I believe we all know how that scene would have looked. Because I think that we have seen the results of that alternative scene play out in our own society for several decades. It would have been just like every other day. Peter would have downplayed what God was doing, walked away, and the people of Jerusalem would have gone home. Maybe they would have told their spouses about the drunk guys who were in the middle of town. But if they carried the story on at all, that's as far as it would have gone. Just because Peter didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Peter didn't set out to preach that day. But how does that old hymn go? If you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot preach like Paul, oh, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can tell he does for us all. My friends, you know, I think it's really important for us to notice what Peter isn't telling the crowd. He isn't telling them, you better get your act together. Jesus is watching you. He isn't saying, you're all horrible, sinful people who deserve so much worse than what you have now. He isn't even saying, Jesus came for you and all you have to do is say this short little prayer. The only direction that Peter gives that crowd at all is one word. Listen. And they did listen. And he responded by telling them what he knew to be true. And the scripture says that when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other disciples, brothers, what should we do? You can tell the love of Jesus. Oh, you can say he does for us all. Sometimes we are really afraid to speak about our personal encounters with God because we don't want to sound like we are outside of what is normal. But you know, if we follow God, if we believe in the power of God to intervene and to heal and to transform death to life, which we do believe, my friends, then we are already not believing in what's normal. <laughs> we are believing in what's God. While I was at a church serving in El Paso, we had hired a full time director of spiritual nurture named Jen Fox. At the time that we had hired her, I was three years into what was then a solo pastor position, working to help merge three congregations together into one unified congregation. And while I was really proud of the work that we were doing, I was tired. Jen and I were sitting at a work desk talking about how we could dovetail the sermon series into the Christian formation curriculum for the upcoming season. It felt like tedious work at that moment, like so much of our good, important work had come to feel. So out of the blue, I just asked her, I said, have you ever had an experience where you just knew that it was God who was speaking to you or you just knew that it was God who was doing something in your life? And she replied, absolutely. And then she started to tell me stories. They were simple stories that took place in the normal places of her life, the record store, her car, the sidewalk outside of a club. They were simple stories about normal places, but they were stories where something notably out of the ordinary, out of beyond what she could have expected, had happened, where she had made a new friend who then knew how to speak to her at a critical time in her life, or when she ended up applying to go to seminary, or when she navigated her way through a broken relationship. She told me stories where there were extraordinary turns in what would otherwise be a normal situation, And they were what I needed to hear in order to continue to go forward with hope. They were what I needed to refresh my soul when times felt dry and isolated. When I was feeling tired and run down, her stories about God disrupting the normal moments of her life They gave me hope. I know that I have the same kind of stories in my life. Stories where I feel certain that the unexpected event was not some coincidence or some random chance, but was God at work. And you know, I bet that you have some of those stories too. It strikes me, friends, as we find ourselves in times where we need a little bit of extra hope. It strikes me that even though we all want to have a feeling of normal return to our lives, we also want to know what God is doing at this time and what God is saying at this time and what God is speaking to us. We want what's normal. And we want God. But I really believe that if we desire to know God more than we know normal, I really believe that all we need to do is to speak to those extraordinary moments that have interrupted that normal flow of our lives. That's what Pentecost was. Peter didn't set out to preach that day. And you don't need to know how to preach like Peter. All we need to do is to speak of God's love for us. A love that overcomes the mundane humdrum of normal. I have a little spiritual experiment for all of us today. Whoever you have as a quarantine buddy or whoever you think you can reach on the phone, just invite you to join me and sometime this week, call someone, talk to your buddy and share with them that moment where the normal that we are usually so grateful for was interrupted by the act of God by the word of God, by the hope of God, and ask them to share a story with you if they have one. And then together, let's see if we can be a people who speak of God's love for us and who create that new God-centered normal. Amen.